from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Living on their own. Teens get an early jump on adulting with some financial lessons about living in the real world. From too dry to too much moisture. Destruction of crops is going to act as a supply uh, supply side shock. What recent prolonged rains could mean for the salad bowl of the country as farm groups take the government to task when it comes to the new waters of the U.S. rule. The ping pong back and forth is, is a big part of the problem here. Why the new rule could be heading back to court right now on Agnew. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Farm groups are taking on the U.S. government when it comes to the new waters of the U.S. rule. The group's filing a lawsuit against the EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers. Ag Day's Michelle Rook joins us with more on the legal challenge. Clinton farm groups, including the American Farm Bureau and the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, filed the lawsuit against the EPA because they believe the Biden administration's new WOTUS rule exceeds the scope and the intent of the Clean Water Act. They also say it gives the federal government sweeping authority over private lands and represents overregulation. The groups charged the WOTUS definition is an attack on producers and removes longstanding bipartisan exclusions for small and isolated water features on farms and ranches. And CBA also says it creates a regulatory burden and they're challenging the rule to ensure cattle producers are treated fairly under the law. Plus, they argue the new rule is vague and creates uncertainty for America's farmers and ranchers. The uncertainty of these different rulemakings and the, the ping pong back and forth is, is a big part of the problem here. Uh, from year to year, from administration to administration, producers are left trying to determine what is their impact or exposure to these, to these regulations, uh, given who happens to be in charge at, at any given time. This lawsuit is playing out at the same time the Supreme Court is expected to release a decision in early 2023 on the Sackett versus EPA case, which also challenged WOTUS. Lane says they're asking for an injunction until then as they're concerned EPA will charge ahead on controversial rulemaking. There are, there are timelines in place for, for litigants to make sure that our voice is on the record in a timely matter. Uh, as a rule like this is moving forward. And one of our obvious first uh, sort of objectives there is, is to secure some sort of injunction from this new rule going into effect while this is still all up in the air. NCBA previously filed technical comments on the rule highlighting the importance of maintaining ag exemptions for small, isolated, and temporary water features like ephemeral streams that only flow with large rain events. Lane says regulating these features under the Clean Water Act disrupts normal ag operations and interferes with cattle producers' abilities to make improvements to their land. Now, the American Farm Bureau Federation has also joined the lawsuit, and President Zippy Duvall says they believe a judge will rule in their favor and force EPA to develop rules that enable producers to protect natural resources while still ensuring they can continue to produce food for the world. All right, thanks, Michelle. Something else the National Cattlemen's Beef Association says it's looking into right now, USDA's proposed rule on national animal disease traceability rules. Now, it says the changes would help the country quickly respond to significant animal disease outbreaks, and the rule would require official ear tags to be visually and electronically readable for interstate movement of certain cattle and bison. It would also clarify certain record-keeping requirements related to cattle. Agency is looking for public comment on the plans. 
California's weather has finally calmed down after weeks of atmospheric rivers slammed the state with damaging rains, wind and surf. Now, damage is spread across 41 of California's 58 counties. Flood concerns remain along the Salinas River in Monterey County and parts of Mariposa and Merced counties in the Central Valley, big growing areas, with Monterey County growing 61% of the nation's leaf lettuce, along with 57% of the celery and 56% of the head lettuce. Now the problems could cause issues for the nation's produce supply. Destruction of crops is going to act as a supply, uh, supply side shock. Um, so that means that we're going to have a harder time sourcing these fruits and vegetables domestically. All that moisture in the West really cutting into the drought conditions. Take a look at the latest drought monitor. Right now, 44% of the country is in some sort of drought. That's down less than 1% from last week. Looking specifically at California, 92% of the state still in drought. But as you can see, the exceptional drought conditions are gone for the first time in almost three years. But there's growing drought concerns in the High Plains as meteorologist Andrew Whitmire joins us. And Andrew, that area could finally see some much needed moisture, which is very important for the winter wheat crop. As we round out this week and head on into the weekend, we're going to be watching this low pressure system kind of working its way out of the four corner states. And this is going to mean good news here for parts of western Oklahoma as well as uh, western Kansas as we're going to be watching this kind of track its way eastward here as we head towards a late Friday and into at least the first half of the weekend here, providing with it some much needed moisture here for Kansas and Oklahoma, especially again the western half of those two states. And we're going to continue to see the slow pressure system continuing to dig its way up across parts of the Mississippi a river valley and even up into the Great Lakes Midwestern states later on this weekend. Here's again that projected snowfall amount three to six inches of snow may fall across parts of western Kansas and western Oklahoma. Meanwhile, just a quick coating of snow for parts of the Great Lakes belts. Here's a look at that precipitation for the western half of Kansas and Oklahoma, which again really needs the moisture and there will be a few localized spots where we'll pick up one to three inches of rainfall. And we're getting more incredible pictures from all that snow in the California Sierra Mountains. Check out this shot from a drive through in Mammoth Lakes. They had to dig out the order board there for their folks at the Carl's Jr. The snowpack in the state is now at 124% of what's needed by April 1st. I'll have more in your Ag Day forecast in just a few. Just about everything traded lower on Thursday. We'll have a closer look at those markets, including where soybeans are headed coming up next. And later, figuring out finances can be difficult for young adults. Today, we're off to Tennessee to see how a program is teaching students to overcome cash challenges in the country. Ag Day is brought to you by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Closing Wheels provide quicker emergence and are more consistent in dry conditions than any other closing wheels. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package. More improvements in the latest rural Main Street Index. The survey reporting the overall economic reading rose above growth neutral for a second straight month. The Creighton University survey of rural bankers now at a reading of 53.8. That's up more than three points from last month. The survey's organizer, Ernie Goss, says the rural Main Street economy continues to experience improving but slow economic growth. He says almost 85% of bankers ranked rising input prices as the top economic challenge for farmers. 
Soybeans continuing to trend lower with better precip chances in Argentina ahead. Agnes Michelle Rook is back with details in today's Markets Now. Markets mostly lower on Thursday. Darren Fry Water Street Solutions joins us with analysis. And Darren, how much of the grain sell-off on Thursday was technical selling versus just the markets trying to continue to remove some of this weather premium? I think it was more weather premium than anything and maybe some outside market, macro market moving lower, maybe just some sympathy selling there. But, you know, really, we haven't violated anything technically yet to say that this market couldn't just be seen as a corrective action, a counter trend move, and maybe one more new high in corn, soybeans, and even meal. We haven't violated any areas yet. Maybe we will later on, but uh, as of today, uh, we have held these key and critical support areas. Yeah, so these weekly closes today on Friday are gonna be pretty important, aren't they, Darren? Yeah, they're gonna be really important. I think if you see meal close down three or $4, uh, beans, have to be a, you know under 1496 versus March and obviously corn under the 668 mark. If we see that, then these Friday closes, these weekly closes will actually turn the technicals and the momentum lower. And I think then you'd start out next week under pressure, especially if those rains over the weekend confirm. And we're also taking some weather premium out of the wheat markets, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I think there's just a lot of Aussie wheat. There's still a lot of wheat coming out of the Black Sea. Russia's wheat crop has been upgraded, a little bit more production there. FOD prices are undercutting our prices. And we're seeing that, uh, hey, there's just a lot of things going on here that has moved wheat lower with the macro headwinds as well. So uh, wheat is kind of that anchor to corn, too. So if wheat goes lower, corn is going to have some trouble staying up in these lofty areas. Right, but is there a perception here that weather's getting better? And of course we have some rain chances coming in for some of these HRW areas? Oh yeah, there there has been some rain in the, in the Western Plains, Central Plains, and there could be a little bit more coming in. And so I don't think we have a pattern shift going on out there, but I do think some moisture is gonna be really helpful. And that's probably some of the trades a concern and some liquidation ahead of that. Okay, thanks for joining us. Darren Fry, Water Street Solutions, more Ag Day. For marketing strategies specific to your operation, contact Water Street Solutions at 866-249-2528 or online at www.waterstreet.org. Meteorologist Andrew Whitmire joining us here. Take a look at our national forecast starting out there in the Four Corners region where looks like a low pressure system moving in. Yeah, we're going to get some wintry precipitation and luckily that's going to dump a localized one to three inches here across western Kansas as well as uh, western Oklahoma here as we round out this week and head towards the weekend. Let's go ahead and zoom on in and track this as it works its way through the central plains and even up into the Great Lakes. And let's go ahead and put this into motion now as we go on through uh, Saturday morning. We'll be watching ongoing snow showers for western Kansas and western Oklahoma. Now this will not end the exceptional drought that we have in some places, but uh, we'll take what we can get right now here across the parts of Kansas and Oklahoma. And then as we go on into the second half of the weekend, we're going to watch this low pressure system trying to work its way across the upper Midwest and parts of the Great Lakes states, bringing with us some scattered light to snow to uh, parts of Illinois 
Illinois, Indiana, as well as Wisconsin, Michigan, and even into Ohio. Then with a little bit of that the light snow. And then as we head on into the start of next week, we're going to be watching kind of a rain and snow mixture for uh, parts of the northeast, maybe even a little bit of ice as well. That's something that we'll keep our eyes on here as we get closer towards the start of next week. And in fact, it looks to be kind of an active week ahead, all thanks to this low pressure system that's uh, going to kind of steal some energy from this ongoing uh, weekend system. And let's take a look at the jet stream to find out uh, why as we go throughout this weekend. Again, we're going to see that dip in the jet stream here and this trough, and that's going to allow more chances for active weather out east. And meanwhile, again, we're going to be watching this ridge out to west, and that's going to keep things rather quiet off to our west. Uh, but meanwhile, again, as we head towards this upcoming week, we're going to be watching even a deeper trough potentially trying to develop as well, and that's going to continue to squeeze out some moisture chances here across the Great Lakes, Midwestern states, uh, deep south as well as the uh, eastern seaboard. Meanwhile, going to be mild out across the western half of the U.S. Let's take a look at temperatures this afternoon. 20s up to the north, 34 in Chicago, 50 in Memphis. You have to go all the way down to Florida to get the warmth for today, 74 to 84 degrees. And as we head on into tomorrow morning, it's going to be a cold start across parts of the plains and out west with morning lows into the teens. Let's look around the country. Let's take a look a little bit closer to home. Canton, Ohio, rain to snow, high 36 degrees. Going over to western Oklahoma, increasing clouds, overnight snow showers, high 50 degrees. And going over to southwestern eastern Washington, sunshine high 40 degrees. Sorghum is fast becoming a climate smart commodity. And important research at Kansas State is helping to modernize the nitrogen guidelines for growing it, something that could help put more money in producers' pockets when it comes to selling their grain for ethanol. I'm excited to share that K-State is one of many partners with national sorghum producers on their recently funded Climate Smart Commodities project. This project presents a unique opportunity for the sorghum industry to provide support to sorghum producers to advance the adaptation of sorghum as a climate smart commodity in the U.S. Um, the, the project that component that I am leading will look at how we manage nitrogen in sorghum crops and advance the soil fertility recommendations for sorghum. And this is significant because when we look at the amount of nitrogen that is applied, and for example, if we're calculating the carbon intensity score of grain sorghum going into ethanol, there's values assigned uh, in terms of the carbon intensity score for the fertilizer production phase. So um, how much fertilizer is being applied to the sorghum contributes to the grain's carbon intensity score. And so if we can optimize our nitrogen application rates, we have an opportunity to uh, potentially reduce the, the carbon intensity score. And this also uh, impacts other points in that carbon accounting because a lower nitrogen application rate uh, represents lower nitrous oxide emissions. 
And so we can find multiple points in that carbon accounting where we can uh, reduce the carbon intensity score and increase the value of grain sorghum going into the ethanol production stream. So nitrogen management is important from an environmental aspect because you know we want to make sure that we're supplying the crop with sufficient nitrogen but not having excess nitrogen in the system uh, that can be lost either uh, through um, leaching or nitrogen that's lost um, as gas. Uh, and so if we can, in conjunction with applying that nitrogen fertilizer at the right rate, um, in the right place, at the right time, utilizing the right source, the four R's of nutrient management, we can make sure that, that we're um, meeting the crop production needs and minimizing the environmental loss of nitrogen. And our thanks to Kansas State for sharing that story with us. Coming up next, learning to handle money. How teens in Tennessee are planning ahead for life on their own, next. In the Country on Ag Day is brought to you by Pivot Bio. What if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed? Pivot Bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need, now on seed, from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. One of the most valuable lessons a young person can learn is how to hold down a job and handle money. The University of Tennessee Extension holds simulations called On My Own, where high school students imagine some of life's financial hardships and must figure out a way to pay for them. Charles Denny has more on practice scenarios with dollar signs. Most teens can't wait to reach adulthood. No more silly school or a horrid household with rules to follow. Total freedom, right? Uh, no. I had to pay $50 for kids' soccer. $50! Being a grown-up, these students at Jackson Central Mary High School are learning, comes attached with dollar signs. And living in the real world is not all ask mom and dad for money. They do have to pay for electricity, housing, cars, and even student loans. Welcome to Life Does Not Always Go According to Plan, also known as On My Own, a UT extension program where kids fast forward to the age of 26. Here they go from station to station, picking up a hypothetical career and salary, but also everyday expenses and hardships to overcome. Aiden Bush and Shania Teague were two of the JCM ninth graders to take part and believe this is good practice for what's ahead. Learning how to handle money, it could actually help you stay out of debt and not lose a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And a lot of tied debt is what causes stress also. Yes, I think it's important. It's preparing us for the future, so we'll kind of have an idea on what to do. Kane Reeves went through this program as a teen himself and now is one of the extension agents teaching it. On My Own is a cool program. I think it, it shocks a lot of kids about what their future might look like. Everything here, job, income, bills to pay, all hypothetical situations. But then organizers add to the challenge by throwing in a few unexpected expenses. On My Own includes a stop by the Curveball booth. Here they might draw a card for a flat tire or a leaking roof. Now students have to adjust their budgets or figure out a way to make more money. Uh, sometimes they get a surprise that 
it costs a lot more money uh, to live than what they thought. And you know, maybe you know, if they have children or have kids or have a big house as their dreams, but uh, they need to have a way to, to reach those dreams. And that's doable with the right career path and learning to not go crazy with money. Bills on top of bills, just like life. Make believe here, but valuable preparation for when the money is real. This is Charles Denny reporting. All right, thanks Charles. And that's all the time we have this morning. We're sure glad you tuned in. From all of us here at Ag Day, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Have a great day. Closed captioning on Ag Day is brought to you by BASF. BASF, helping you do the biggest jobs on earth.